And I'm reading from Matthew chapter 13, verses 31 to 32. He told them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed, which a man took and planted in his field. Though it is the smallest of all seeds, yet when it grows, it is the largest of garden plants and becomes a tree so that the birds come and perch in its branches. Carla, I invite you to come. Let me pray for you a blessing as you then share with us. Lord God, we have so much to give you thanks and praise for. And this morning, we invite you to come by your spirit to speak to us through your word. Speak, Lord, for your servants are listening. And we pray a blessing on Carl as he shares your word with us. Fill him with your spirit now, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. are saying yes and some are saying no. I will project and possibly just have a backup microphone down here in case someone gives me the nod to say it's not working. Brill. I'll carry on until someone says, oh there you go, I think that's working now isn't it? Great, well it's good to be here. I'm, I'm Carl Smethurst and I'm a partner here in this church. I'm part of Hope Baptist Church but as those of you that come here regularly know, I'm not around that much because of my job. So so my job is a regional minister for the Southwest Baptist Association, which takes me travelling around a hundred or so churches in Devon and Cornwall and Somerset and a little bit of Dorset as well. So I'm on the road quite a bit on Sundays. It is a joy to be home and where I belong. It's great to be here and it's good to see not just folks that I'm familiar with, but today how good to have these two churches come together. I was around for that joint service. I loved that joint service and I hope it's not the last, guys. I genuinely would love us to be God's people together in worship and, of course, in mission in this city as well as beyond as well. Well, here we come to these parables, and I guess that for some, you're very familiar with these parables. But to others, maybe some joining us today in the room, and maybe some joining us online, you hear these words, does anyone else think they're a bit odd? I mean, parables are just a bit strange. I mean, they might be familiar to some of us that have heard them before, but I just think they're a little bit strange. If you'd rocked up today to hear me speak, and I said to you, I don't know, submit along the lines of the kingdom of heaven is like a, a woman that posted a tweet, and that years later it made the world of difference to the world. If, and I, that was all I said. I mean, some of you might be hoping that is all I say, and I just now sit down, and that's all good. That, that, that is just a little bit strange. Yet that is how Jesus chose to communicate some of the biggest, grandest, literally earth-changing concepts to the people who heard him that first time. Hang with me because I believe that in this parable and maybe the one before and after it, what we learn is life-changing, earth-changing stuff 
that goes at least in part to answering some of the big questions that we hear in our world today. Anyone had those people who maybe know that you're a Christian, you go to church, and they'll go, yeah, but why doesn't God do anything in the world? Why does bad stuff happen, and why doesn't God... Into, why doesn't God well, in part at least, that question is answered in this and a couple of parables either side of it. Stick around with me for the next short few hours, and... Okay, it's warm, we'll make it one hour, or maybe less. Okay, we'll make it about 20 minutes, tops. But hear me, this, I believe, can change the world. Maybe it's a good idea, though, to start by thinking about the context that Jesus spoke these parables into. I mean, what we've, what we've got here is a first century, primarily Jewish audience that have come to hear Jesus speak. Matthew's gospel is written primarily with a Jewish audience in mind. And so the question really is, what, were the big, what was a big deal for a first century Jew that came to see Jesus that particular day? What were, the, what were the issues? What were the things that were really shaking them up and making them think? Well, the Jews and their land, the promised land that God had given them, had been occupied by the Roman Empire. This was an abomination in their eyes. And that, coupled with the promises of the Scriptures, remember the New Testament wouldn't have been written by the time they heard this, so the Old Testament, the Scriptures, was the promise of a Messiah, someone who would come and bring the kingdom of God on earth through this nation of Israel, that the kingdom of God would be established on earth. And so they wait and they wait for the promised Messiah, who they expect is likely to be a military leader, particularly at this point in time. And that, well, because the Roman Empire, as most of you who know anything about history, had a fairly impressive army. So if they were going to take back their land, then they were going to need a pretty impressive military leader to come and lead them and take back this land from the Roman occupiers. Well, they rocked up. To hear Jesus speak, at least some of them would have come with what expectation. Their expectation would have been to hear Jesus give them a military plan. Give them a plan of action for how the kingdom of God was going to come on earth by rallying the troops, by becoming battalions, by putting people in charge and then fighting the Romans. Others would have been there just for curiosity and you know what a crowd's like, it draws a crowd. So some would have just seen a crowd and thought, what's going on over there, I suspect. That's the bunch of people, and that's the thoughts in mind that they're having as they come to hear Jesus speak. And then he says, the kingdom of heaven is like a mighty military army. Oh no, he doesn't. Uh, the, the kingdom of heaven is like a fight against the occupiers of this land. Oh, no, he doesn't. What he says is the kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed. Like a mustard seed that a man took and planted in a field. Though it is the smallest of your seeds, yet it grows to become the largest garden plant so that birds of the earth can perch in its branches. Well, there's a chance that some thought that that was a strange thing to say, as in our ears today, it might sound a strange thing. 
bear in mind they would have known a little bit more about mustard seeds than some of us because they're in the Middle East. They would have known how small a mustard seed is. I'm guessing most people in this room haven't ever held or touched a mustard seed, but it's really, really tiny. One of the smallest seeds. And yes, it does grow into a mighty tree. They would have known that, but even then, they would have been thinking it's a bit strange. There's a possibility some of them thought, he's talking in code language, isn't he? Because the Roman spies are listening in. So he's not going to suddenly say, right, we're going to get an army together and fight the Romans. What he's going to do is he's going to talk in code. So we need to decode this little message that he's just spoke to us to figure out how that looks like, what our expectations are. Problem is, is that Jesus in this parable and the one before and the one after it where he talks about the kingdom of heaven is like, when you decode those parables, what you don't get is the message that they were expecting. And that presents quite a challenge. Let me just mention the parable before and the parable afterwards as well. Because if you read, and I encourage you this afternoon, it might be a hot afternoon, but God is good and his word is life. So spend a bit of time reading at least chapter 13 of Matthew later on this afternoon. You'll read in the parable before that Jesus says the kingdom of heaven is like a, a, a field of wheat where there are, uh, an enemy plants weeds and the wheat and the weeds grow together. And um, the, the workers go to the owner and say, look, can we rip up all of the weeds? And the owner says, look, don't go ripping up the weeds yet because you might rip up the wheat with it as well. Wait, and when it's harvest time, I'll send harvesters and they'll do that job. You don't do it, they'll do that job. And, and, then, and then the parable afterwards, Jesus talks about someone who puts some yeast into dough and that that over time, in an unseen manner, changes that dough so it rises to be leavened and becomes bread. These are three parables, I think, to be taken together. Because if we're going to start to think about the decoding of these parables, then we need to think in terms of what Jesus' message is to the first century Jews who are listening, but also to us today. Look, when it comes to the, the parable of the wheat and the weeds, Jesus, I think he's saying, and he talks about this, it's one of the parables he then explains. If you read chapter 13, you'll read it later on. He talks about the fact that, look, if the wheat is the world, the people of the world, and the weed is evil in the world, and you want to, you want to rip out the evil in the world, then, then I understand that. It's not a bad thing, but you might actually, in the process, destroy some of the good stuff as well, the wheat. So, so don't do it now. In fact, it's not your responsibility to do that. Only is it God's responsibility and the harvesters that he sends eventually to do that. The basic message of that is, look, the kingdom of God is here. There is a wheat field. But there is evil in this world still. And it's not for you to go trying to rip it out. Only almighty God can deal with that evil in this world. But keep living and keep growing in the full knowledge that a time will come when God will do that. That he will send those into this world that will rip out all that is bad and evil. All that is um, causing misery and pain. That all that will come to an end and the wheat will just be there together. And there will be no evil in the world. It's not your job 
first century Jews to get an army together and rip what you think is evil out of this world. It's not your job, 21st century Christians, to go trying to destroy things around and about us. You might actually damage some good stuff. Concentrate on what is good in the kingdom and keep on growing the kingdom in the here and now in the full knowledge that it's not negotiable. There will be a harvest. There will be a harvest. And at that point, evil will be ripped up and destroyed. And you will know the fullness of God's kingdom for eternity. And when it comes to this little parable about the mustard seed, what is Jesus trying to say? Well, he doesn't explain this one. I'm going to give my interpretation of it right now, but it's purposefully unexplained by Jesus, I believe. So pray on it and see what the Spirit of God reveals to you as you pray on it over these days ahead. My view is that this particular parable, Jesus says, you're expecting a kingdom right here and now that is mighty and big, like a mustard tree. You know, in your face, the birds can perch in the branches. Well, that's not the way it's going to happen. The kingdom of God initially is as tiny as a mustard seed. But listen up, it might be tiny, but it's here. In fact, it's planted. It's already begun. The kingdom of heaven might not be too visible sometimes to you, first century Jew, 21st century Christian, but it's here and it's growing. And here's the thing, it will grow into that mighty tree that we all hope for and expect. So big that birds can perch in the branches. And when it comes to that last little parable, the one about the yeast, there's something about how that's going to happen. When the person puts yeast into the dough, then you can't perceive what's happening, unless you've got a microscope, I guess. You can't perceive what's happening for a while. It's there, and it's working its way through the dough. The kingdom of heaven is there, almost subversively, almost below the surface. Not big and visible, but it's there, and it's working. And it will, it will change the dough forever. It's going to happen. The message, I believe, is one that says, look, you might not think the kingdom is here. You might not see it, first century Jew, but the kingdom is here. Jesus is saying, I'm here. It started. And you might not perceive it in quite the same ways as you hoped. We might not be making Israel great again for a little while. Print the caps. But here's the thing, the kingdom of God is coming, and it will come in completeness. In many ways, I think the message of these parables to us today speaks on different levels. But broadly, there's something here about believing that the kingdom is here now, recognizing that it's not yet fully here, but it absolutely will be, and being patient in the in-between time. How's your levels of patience? follower of Jesus. Because I have to say, I get proper impatient. 
I've been around the church for a little while, and there's been phases in the life of our ch- of churches in, in this country and across the world that have been going to change things forever. And I was around in, in the mid-90s, and so if I said the Toronto blessing, some of you will nod and know what I mean by that, and some of you won't. Well, the expectation was that, in, at least in my mind, that almost certainly by the year 2000, the whole world would be saved, that we'd know the kingdom of God in its completeness, at least by the year 2000, because of the mighty move of the Spirit of God that we were experiencing in the mid-90s. And it got to the year 2000, and that happened. You know, some, some of us were almost kind of waiting for the clock to tick and expecting, you know, maybe it'll be, you know, for dramatic license that, you know, God might return actually at that point, you know, when the clock strikes 12 in the UK, obviously. And, 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 that, and, that, and, that'll, be, and that'll be when it happens. And, and strangely enough, that, that didn't happen. And, and, and now I hear the voice of God echoing down through these strangest of parables to me, which is 21st century Christian, the kingdom is here, you know that, don't you? The kingdom is growing, you know that, don't you? And it's not up to you to make demands about when I'm coming back. And your expectations are you just keep growing. You just keep going. Your expectations are that I will return because I am going to return and all things will be made new and right. And God's kingdom will come in its fullness, but that's not today and it's not your concern. You just carry on. Well, Maybe there's others that have been similarly impatient at periods of time. What does it mean for us? And this is the pertinent thing as I come in to land on this one. What does it mean for us today? Well, firstly, I think that there are some of us, and maybe online or in the room today, who this talk about a kingdom of God is quite strange language, to be honest. We live in, in a world, we get that, and it has all kinds of influences on it. But the idea about God having a way of living... God having a kingdom, if you like, that you can be a part of in the here and now. Well, it's a new concept. I believe it with all my heart. It's what we see in Scripture. It's what we've read today, and you keep reading, and you will find that there's an invitation for you to live in the kingdom of God. Not as something in the future, but something in the here and now. A lived experience right now now. That that invitation isn't just extended occasionally to first century Jews or periods of time, but it's extended to you, no matter who you are, where you're listening from, where you are today, you are invited to be part of this kingdom. Not a mighty forceful army, but something that's like yeast that changes the world slowly over time. Something like a a little seed that's growing into a mighty plant. That is what you're invited to be a part of. When Jesus said this to this crowd, the expectation, I hope, was that everyone would get it. The reality was that some people didn't. Some people's expectations of what the kingdom of God would look like were not met by what Jesus said on this day, and I strongly suspect they walked away at that point in time. The reason I suspect that was the case was that some, who almost certainly heard these words, were in a crowd that asked the Romans to crucify Jesus. Not too long later. So they walked away. It wasn't their expectation. But for some, significant enough numbers that 2,000 years later, here we are talking about the words of Jesus. Some followed. Some believed and followed. They wanted in. 
on this kingdom that Jesus was talking about. They wanted to experience it. They wanted to live it. They wanted to taste it. They wanted to see it. And that invitation is for you today. So whether you've ever stepped into the kingdom of God, decided that this kingdom was the one that you wanted to be a part of, if you've ever done that before, the invitation is there for you again today to reaffirm, I'm in. And if you've never done that before, the invitation for the very first time to you is, you are abundantly welcomed. The invitation is for you today to be part of this kingdom. And the kingdom of heaven today? Well, look, I'd love to hear some of you guys from Vineyard talk about that as well. But in hope, the kingdom of heaven might look like a cup of soup tomorrow night to someone who's homeless. The kingdom of heaven is like sitting with someone wracked with fear because of the debts they're in and saying to them, we can do this. I believe that together we can walk through this and get through this. Today, the kingdom of heaven might look like a voice of justice for those who you know are left out or marginalized in our society to the forces that be. The kingdom of heaven is like, sometimes, a letter written to your MP in order to make a change to what's around you. Maybe the kingdom of heaven sometimes seems so seed-like small, but it's here and it's growing. It's like the yeast, but it's beginning to make a difference of transformation in the world around us. That's the kingdom you're invited to be a part of, folks, today. Are you in? Are you in? And the second thing to say is, look, for some of us who are beginning to be impatient, it's happened a lot. I travel around a lot, and I've spoken with a good few people, even this last week, in churches that have been part of churches for 30, 40 years, who are basically saying, look, I love Jesus, but I think I'm done. I think that it's not happening, is it? It's not working, whatever that's supposed to mean. Yeah. Well, maybe to those, if there's anyone online or in the room today that's thinking those thoughts, this is an encouragement to say, look, be patient. The kingdom is here. The yeast is working. The seed is germinating and growing. It is. It is. It is. Continue to be part of it. Continue to grow with it and continue to be in. Don't walk away from the kingdom of God. That might look like many different shapes of church, many different ways of being Christian community. But it looks like a kingdom that you need to be actively a part of. I'm going to bring this to a close, but I want to encourage us today. We are people, those of us that are in, we are people of God's kingdom that is changing the world around us. Question what it might look like for you in your place what does the kingdom of God look like for you today? Maybe more significantly, what does the kingdom of God look like in your lived experience tomorrow, wherever you are, and the next day? How are you part of God's kingdom in those places? But that you are part of God's kingdom, well, that is something I would say if you're in, 
That's not negotiable. It's coming. And there's a promise to hold on to that the kingdom will come completely in God's time, that the harvest is there, that the weeds will be ripped up, not by you or I, but by the harvesters that God sends. And that all things will be made new. And that there will be no weeping and no pain and no fear. And that we will know love, pure, without anything else affecting it. This is the promise of our God for us. Should we close our eyes and we'll pray. And just as we come, it'd be good to, to reaffirm that sense for some of us that I'm in. That this kingdom of God that Jesus speaks of in these parables, I'm in. It might not be quite a mighty mustard tree yet, but even if it's a seed that's germinating, I am in. If maybe that's you for the first time today, if in hearing this invitation to be part of God's kingdom, recognising some of the ways that that looks practically in the world today, recognising it to be the way that God intends for your life to be lived, if that's something that's new to you and you're hearing that for the first time today, then, look, we've got our eyes closed in the building. So if you're in the building, just, just stick a hand in the air, raise a hand, it would be lovely to see. And if you're at home, you might want to drop something into the chat box on Facebook or YouTube and, and just let us know that you're thinking that. Yeah, I want to be part of this kingdom of God today. And if there are others of us who are today wanting to reaffirm that yes, we are people of the kingdom, we recognise that we might need patience, but we're people of the kingdom. If there are those of us in that position, then please raise your hands along the side as well. And Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for the ways that you communicated. Because they make, they make us think. Because they challenge us in our walk with you. And Lord, I pray for those who today, for the first time, those who maybe for an additional time again, have said, do you know what? I am in. Lord, I pray, God, that you bless them. And Spirit of God, I pray that you fill them. Enable them to live for you as people of your kingdom in the here and now. May they see that slowly but surely you come in their lives and transform them. And that through that, you also are the yeast that changes the world around them slowly but surely. And Father, for us all, Lord, in our, in our different groups, but just one church, your church, this morning, I pray your abundant blessing. Both those in the room, those joining us online, may we know your goodness in our lives. Show us signs of your kingdom in our daily experience. Help us to live out what your kingdom looks like before this world that so desperately needs to know you. 
and to see your kingdom. Continue to change this, your world, and see us as willing to be a part of what you're doing, almighty Saviour. And fill us with your spirit again as we go from this place, not in our own strength, but empowered by you, Spirit of God, who gives us the ability to serve you as part of your kingdom, here and on into the future. And Lord, we do believe that you will come again. And Lord, this is our prayer with sisters and brothers from down through the ages, using age-old language, we say, Maranatha, come Lord Jesus. Come Lord Jesus, because we long to see your kingdom in its completeness. This whole world changed permanently, so it reflects who you are. Give us patience in the waiting, but Lord, also give us increased hunger to see it happen. And a desire that cries out, come Lord Jesus, into this world. Hear our prayer. And God's people said, Amen.